Mestre Chicote, I'm listening to the Capoeira podcast. Start remembering what you hear. Well, hi out there, and welcome to... And now, the world's foremost authority. What's up? This is Instructora Sueca, also known as Jamie, and you are listening to the Capoeira podcast. Um, I'm in my closet right now because it's like... One in the morning, uh, I finally edited everything that I needed to, and I am exhausted. Uh, so, yeah, I don't, I'm trying to try to make this short. Uh, this episode, I taped with uh, Institutor Cafe, and, you know, we actually like to get together a lot and talk about whatever's on our minds, capoeira-wise, so I decided to record us and uh so basically this is just like an hour uh a little over an hour of just talking about events and stuff that happened that he missed or I am a missed and uh yeah that's really what it is like so this a recording of a mic on the table and us just like eating dinner and catching each other up on things so uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, it's just like a secret. Uh, what was I gonna say? You know, <laughs> I fucking got to teach class at the main studio like one time and no one showed up. It was real sad. It's a beautiful thing. I, I wonder though how people know because it's not like... It was early as fuck that I came there and then I just turned back, went right back to Pasadena for class and Moito was like, hey, congratulations, how was class? And I was like, um, yeah. no one showed <laughs> up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I had some good experiences at BBCC in terms of subbing. There was one day that I subbed for a friend of mine, um, and it was super late, you know, last minute or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, okay, there's not enough time for them to even know that he's not going to show up. <laughs> like, they'll get there yeah. and be confused, but everything's going to be great. No one showed up. <laughs> and I realized then it was because there's a class going on on the same floor. Uh-huh. And this particular teacher loves his music high enough to where it stays in your thoughts for like a week. You know what I mean? So I don't think people were digging that too much. (laughs) But the bright side is I stayed and I used that space. I was like, all right, I'm going to train like super hard. It was just so early when I was there at the main studio that I was like, "Ah, I'm just going to go home. Or like, (laughs) well, I just looked at the clock and I was like, okay, it's like 9.15. I have just enough time to like commute all the way back to Pasadena. Yeah. In time for adult class. I, I mean, our personality in our school is very laid back because Moito is super laid back. So, yeah. you know, I come from Shingu's where it's like really intense. So I think it's really hard to get them into that intense, like, let's do this moment. Like, I'm like, let's fucking do this. Like, <laughs> life or death. But then everyone's like, why life or death? <laughs> why does it have to be life or death? You know, like. Because if they come through you, yeah. they're coming for your family. <laughs> yeah, you know? I don't, um, yeah, so sometimes it's hard to snap them out and to just, like, go, go, go and, like, yeah. don't think, just fucking do it, just do it, and and people will give me looks or whatever, so it's sometimes it's, like, really hard, like, you just don't get it, like, I just want to make you uncomfortable, just for this hour, while I'm like those in Asia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure he'll appreciate that, too, if he comes back to students with good conditioning and are motivated versus people who look like they had skipped class because he's out of town and they can't keep up with what he's bringing yeah. back, you know? 
it's weird when people like when the teacher's gone and like there's nothing but subs how like much the class shrinks because i'm just like well you're the you're the only one that's like wasting money yeah. you're not going to class yeah. like you think you can make up these classes i mean you could you know, ostensibly if you don't go into certain days go to those days and make them up but i think it's just a waste you know and people think they're being slick let me now that i've had a chance to be a sub quite a few times yeah I realize how much it's noticed when people don't show up. And I have peers and people who are more experienced than I that have been subbing at our school lately. And uh, I realize how, how long of a way it goes when you show up and you support them. You know what yeah. I mean? And obviously, Master hears about that. You know, he knows who's showing up and who's not. Yeah. Um, but it's a different kind of game now. Once you once you understand what it's like to sub for somebody, and you're like looking for people to be there, you're excited about teaching. Which it's I like, like if I put on my my copyrighted clothes with the intention of training, something feels weird if I take them off and they're dry. Like if I didn't do anything, I feel like I can't. They're just, not black in the butt. Yeah, like I, <laughs> I feel like I can't just take them off. Like I have to do something. You know what I mean? Some weird psychological thing. That's like when I get home from work and I put my uniform because it's like I have nowhere. Like if I don't do anything and I just lay back down and I'm in my cap wearing uniform, it's like real fucked up. <laughs> Some people are like, why are you putting on your uniform now? It's like, it's not like three hours. And I'm like, it's like so I'll go and like be in it because I'm already dressed, you're you know. sitting on the couch drinking some old duels. Pretty the, uh... much, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like eating a cheeseburger, waiting to go to class because I have like so much time, and I'll totally do it. Hey, can you eat with white clothes on? <laughs> no, I can't do it. You know, I, yeah, I won't even touch anything. There was one time where I was like, man, I had this crisp white shirt on, and um, I just thought I'd be healthy by drinking like a smoothie, and like, <laughs> and I was so good. Like while I was, I just remember like. I was taking like ginger sips and all of a sudden I had to break really fast and the one it just like minutes before I went to class it just like went all over. <laughs> there was a period I was like yes <laughs> where I was it was like my first week in Bahia and I had on my white clothes cuz I had my day planned out like I was going to wake up, go to the beach, train a little bit, sleep, wake up, swim, whatever, yeah. and then go to the to the acai spot and then go over to the academy and train a couple <laughs> And I put on my white clothes, went to the acai spot, was just going to eat it really quick and get on the bus and go. And I had, like, this massive stain on my leg. And it's my first time going to this class. And, like, I was so dead set on going to class, I didn't want to just, like, hang up my clothes and try to figure yeah. out the stain out. I went anyway. And I know I look like a jerk when I walked in. But I don't know. I, that, I have a curse. I have a white clothes curse where I'm fine feeding myself. I'm wearing any other color. But yeah. if it's white... It'll find its way to my shirt or my pants real quick. It's like a weird stigma for yeah. people with white clothes. No, I don't do well with white clothes. I, so I'll just cover. I usually have a hoodie over my my shirt, and then like I have like the colors over my white pants. I'm interested to know what people like do. Yeah, what kind of individual or unique um, preventative measures people have for like stains clothes on top of clothes man yeah but like say something already lands on your lap oh you know what i mean you hear about the club soda or the bleach obviously is the go-to right or i just oxyclean. do a, i pre-treat everything if i yeah like Wait. i'll just put detergent on it let it dry and then throw yeah. it in the wash deal with it later yeah or if it's that bad i'll 
this sounds terrible. I'll, you know, in the shower while I'm taking a shower, I'll like be scrubbing it because like the water's already running. <laughs> yeah, there's soap already on me. You might as well just like fuck it. Just That's do that. That's something you hear from somebody who lived in a drought. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, like the pressure from the shower. Yeah, I'm not gonna not lie. I do that with my aprons for work too because like I. <laughs> You know, the washing machine here, obviously, now I'm living on my own. It's not like I'm, like, living at my parents where I can throw it in at any time. It's right. like I have to walk, you know, the, I don't know, like, 20 paces to the washing machine. And mm-hmm. I don't want to do that shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, like, throw it in the shower with me. What was that one stuff people used to spray down? Uh, was it, like, Scotchgard or starch or something like that? Yeah, Scotchgard. People, I wonder if people have done that with their cockpitted pants. Like some crispy ass cowboy. We should try it, dude, because I I have three new pairs which are like perfect and nicely tapered and everything. But yeah, um, I still have the quote unquote legacy pants with the old logo. But man, it is not white. It's like gray. Uh, yeah. There's like this brownish gray. <laughs> yeah, I have a uh, my training pants, which are kind of that khaki gray. And then I have my event pants where if I'm either doing a show or if I'm going to a bunch of like it looks purple because it's so goddamn bright. It's just so super clean. Yeah. You know what I mean, um, it feels good to have that. There was a, a small <laughs> like period of time where my size just wasn't available. And uh, so I just had to rock my training pants. And I would literally go to events and sit down until I was going to play. And then as soon as I got done playing, I'd go sit out or hide somewhere. You know? <laughs> it's super embarrassing to have like the dusty booty. Yeah. Um, you get like a, a white event shirt and then it exposes how not white your pants are. Yes. That's a it's a first world cowboy problem. Yeah. But, you know, I used to use that as like a scale to be like, how advanced is this person? Because I don't know their belt system. How dirty are their pants? <laughs> Fuck, their pants are so dirty. So yeah. it's like it's like you got a 50, 50 shot that it's just the dirty play pig, <laughs> pig pen kid from Peanuts. Or it's like a really good couple. So they just like was just too stoned to go to Bachizato or just like <laughs> happened to be rock climbing when yeah. Bachizato happened. And yeah, there was a group that I would encounter years ago every once in a while. And they were infamous for, like, every student, including the teacher, having dirty pants. (laughs) Dirty pants. Like, so dirty that if you, when you look at them, at it, like, from a distance, you would automatically think that they're all funky. Like, they all smell bad. And, like, I don't remember anybody actually smelling bad, but the pants were just dirty. I'm like, damn, they must train really hard. Like, they must train hard and just dirty. Hard visiting Mongol schools, actually. Uh Uh-huh. You're not into it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have time. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, yeah, I got not know what else to say. I don't have time right now. It's hard. I have to literally like. I don't know. I have to plan or on my own time go to different schools. I want to try different schools. Like I, I want to hit up a UCA class like on Wednesday just, just to say hi. I hit up um, the shirt that you're wearing right now. I hit up their school oh. a couple Tuesdays ago because we didn't have class because of Auto. It was really fun. It was another. You know, it was another vocabulary. Is something that I don't do, so yeah. I I was still tired as fuck. Um, and then maybe like yeah, I I want to go to Japan in May, and then possibly like hit up like a domestic school, like maybe for like three three or four days. Japan in May. 
Okay. I just want to eat and train. That's like always like my For purpose. Sure. Like Hawaii, I just ate and train. I was like, everyone's like, what do you want to do? You want to see hikes? I'm like, I fucking hate hiking. Yeah. Like, Hawaii, I just take ate. me to poke and <laughs> and then like, take me to training and then garlic shrimp enough time for it to pass so yeah. I can train some more and then. Yeah. Yeah, and then, yeah, I mean, I ended up beaching, and I did go on a hike. I mean, it's beautiful out there. You it's can't hard not, not to hike there, yeah. yeah. It's so frustrating. It's so nice out there, and, like, their laid-back life and uh, the mm. lack of body issues, you know? Like, well, I was in a bathing suit. It was great. You yeah. Know? Barely show my forearms sometimes when I'm out here. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll wear capris. Like, yeah. barely. Um, it's cool to see what other cultures find important versus not important. Yeah, and they were so nice, like... Moita was right. Moita always said, like, everyone is so nice in Hawaii, and then if you're not nice, or if they're not nice to you, you must have done something wrong. Right. And, like, you must have, like, must have done something wrong with the state of Hawaii. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. That's what he, and I, I totally got it. I was like, I know exactly what, because everyone was so nice to me off the bat. Right. And I think Kapoeira in general, you're going to encounter some nice people. A lot of crazies, too, but they're probably nice as well. <laughs> so like you get it's like a double stack of like niceness right you're going to Hawaii the mecca of niceness and then you're inside of a couple of you maybe get that yeah I, I I've never felt awkward at, at events but sometimes I do because like I'm I'm just as much as a teacher as anyone else but then sometimes I get a little weird because I'm a girl so like I went to one event and like I just guys kept on coming in front of me and i'm like dude let me fucking go yeah Yeah. (laughs) how about that though and i'm happy you said that because it's something that often bounces in and out of my mind is that i i see a beautiful change happening where men and women aren't having to think about it that way where it's um a man and a woman in capoeira it's people just like yeah. Whoever has got the initiative and the talent and they've developed their talent, that's who's going to be in the forefront. That's who's playing and that's who's doing what. Like, for example, um, this past event, this CBLA event that I went to, the Friday night that I went, my favorite game to watch was between uh, Chigreza and uh, Sarara. And they just, they got down. Like, it was one of yeah. the most intense games of the night. And again, there's smiles on their faces. There's no malintention, mm-hmm. but they just went for it. And people were getting taken down and all this stuff. And by the end of the, uh, their exchange, people were clapping. And I don't know if you've ever seen this before, but this is during the period of the event where there's multiple hodas going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so some people aren't even watching, but people were over at like different hodas and watching from across the room. Oh, it yeah. Like that, you I know do that I mean? all the time. And... Um, yeah, it's super cool to see that happen and not be two, like, old dudes. You know what I mean? <laughs> There's many of them. There was a lot of them, for yeah. sure, at that event. Yeah. I wanted to see Massimo Mount Bronca, because the last time I saw him was in Boston, like, eight years ago. And yeah. then the time before that was at a Sulda Bahia international encounter in in Brazil. And I just remember him, like, and meeting him and being so starstruck. You know, like, the way my the students are about Pernalonga is the way I am about... And now, like, older guys. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, yeah. I had such an old school, I think, like, foundation of music and and singing and stuff that I think when people ask me, like, who would you want for your event, I would be like this person. It's like, what? Big Crosby? What the fuck? Like, Paul Anka. You know? So, yeah. like... Yeah, he was there. No, nah, I don't want Bruno Mars. I want Neil Diamond. Like, Roy Orbison. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> that, but that's like what I grew up with, you know. So yeah. I, I would have loved to see him. And like Copa Brazil, definitely. It's just they bring out some big names and yeah. And it's funny because um, you know, Moito went to Colorado and it was like an all Brazil like lineup of guests. Yeah. And I was just laughing at him because I was like, "How was the kids' table?" He was like, "Kids' table was the same. It was good." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. There's always the typical lineup that a master would bring out to their event because it's their friends. And like, yeah. It's a good chance for them to spend time with their friends after being away from each other for so long. But um, luckily, you know, Master Boneco is really cool with Master Malbranca. So uh, I got to meet him kind of. I didn't really get to meet him this year. I just got to see him. Like, mm-hmm. we stood next to each other for yeah. a few seconds. And what do you um, smell like? He's He actually didn't have a smell, just which kidding. I really appreciated. <laughs> um, yeah, he smelled like old old leather shoes with uh, I'm just joking he's not like old tobacco he's one of those guys where if you're around them you don't feel like you need to keep an eye on them you know what I mean yeah Uh, he establishes his presence he goes about his business and plays his game Austin like in 2009 but yeah he's awesome yeah he obviously does good work Um, it was cool to see him function do his thing I saw Master Tony Vargas play today like play play, play play. Oh, play play. That's like, like, wow, my first time ever seeing. Like, obviously he plays yeah. the game, but I had never caught him do it because he's such a like music celebrity that he's stuck on the beat and bow. And sometimes I wonder. I want to ask him, like, do you ever get annoyed at how much you have to sing at events? But he got the. I don't think so. I think these guys know. Like Pernalonga, I think he he was telling us how he knows like what he's. You know, actually, it's funny. Like, that was telling me when we flew him out, we were like, "Yeah, what's up?" And then when we came to my house, I was like, "So <laughs> we kind of paid you a lot of money. Yeah. Can you like do music? Yeah. Like, I think Moita had like this like little like tre- like tiny sliver of doubt. Like, is it gonna be cool?" <laughs> <laughs> Because he said there was, like, a moment of awkwardness yeah. that he had where he was just, like, looking at him, like, all right, so here's a drum. <laughs> Go. Music now. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and he did not disappoint um, Paranalanga. He was, he was amazing. And I feel like there were times, even at, when he was at the house, like, he was just... <laughs> I had a couple Instagram stories of him because he was, like, after hours and it was, like, 3 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Where he was just playing, like, singing music. And all of us would just be, like, sitting on the floor, like, looking up, like, ah, okay, like, keep singing more. Yeah. Uh, I, I got tired because I'm old. I, after a certain point, I was like, I, I'm getting out of here, guys. Like, so I don't know what he's saying. I'm like. Time to go. I was like, I'm tired. Yeah. I was living vicariously through some some uh, Instagram stories. Some people were able to sneak some video and. Like, that's the truth. You can hear it in his voice, like, how much he really loves music or he's just talented at it. Some people are just freaking talented. And so when they sing a song, it could be freaking Genuine's Pony, and it just sounds good. <laughs> he was, no, he was signing CDs. It was so crazy to see, like... The Beyonce of Capoeira? Yeah, just, like, signing <laughs> CDs. I'm just like, that's... I mean, I don't know. I'm just one of those decluttering people now. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, you know, that's just, like, that signature is not... It's the... But it's, like... That what yeah, is like, it? What does it mean anymore? It's a sentimentalness. Yeah, when it's just yeah. stuff, right? Yeah, it's a sentimentalness, really. That I, I'm like, oh, that's nice, you know, like that's cute. That's crazy. I never thought about that, but like the digital era just completely messed up signings. There's book signings that still happen. Yeah. But 
I can't imagine getting a digital cookbook, you know? Right. I want to touch it. I want to look at the pictures. I want to, like... That makes sense. Feel it. And then I like to write notes in it. But, yeah, with Kapoeta music and Doondock and stuff, yeah. Like, people were buying CDs. And I'm just like, where are you going to put that? (laughs) In my head, I'm like, that don't fit in the iPhone. I was working (laughs) on uh, clearing out some inventory at my job. And some things that were still in the warehouse was, like, old laptops. And then... uh, the person I was working with to do it, they're like, yeah, and a disk drive. I was like, uh, let me just go ahead and destroy that. You don't have to send that back. Yeah. <laughs> no one's going to keep that. <laughs> Nobody's going to I can't give this away to I'll a podcast. I'll send it to you on a zip disk. Like, <laughs> I don't even have that. And the zip disk. <laughs> I was supposed to take floppy disk off the market. I remember saving up for one. That was like a, a financial goal. It was yeah. like getting a car. And I think I never got into it. No, it was it was interesting to see that. No, it was, yeah, it was it was, and it was crazy because I managed to get on the drum the first day, and then every day after that, the first hall of the night, he made me go on the drum, and I'm just in my head, I'm like, I'm not that good at drumming. But he knows, he knows that there's only one way that you can become good at drumming. I don't, I don't think he. Yeah, I don't think he thought I was crappy either because he would have like kicked me off at a yeah. certain point. But no, he just kept me on the drum and was just like demanding me which is like flattering but at the same time i was like this is weird yeah i was like stop i mean at the exchange he like kicked with meste who was it uh I kicked somebody off. He kicked, um, at the exchange, the guy from, um, Capo de Brazil from up north was like, no, you don't play the drum. You just get on the, she will play the drum. Yeah. And that's, were you there? You were, no. You weren't there at the exchange? I had to work that I whole, picked, I played like, for three hours. Wow. Straight three hours. And then there was a point where all girls were, were on, which was pretty awesome. Yeah. Which yeah. I don't think was like heard, unheard of. Was that awkward for you? Like he's kicking a massive off. No, I was like, this is awesome. Get off. <laughs> so I'm saying, the people are stepping up. They're being allies to the cause. They're realizing where the strength is at. And they're just making it happen. In Pasadena, I think we, we don't fight for it, but there's definitely a demand for, I want to get up and play. Like, mm-hmm. I want to I wanna play that. I want to play that. I don't, I don't think it's a fight or anything for people. I think it's just people want to play and get on and... Yeah, and some it's of them, a very natural thing in Pasadena. Yeah, and Super some of them natural. have like will have like a variation that they just want to get out. But you know what else though in Pasadena, if somebody comes up to me and they're like, "Hey, can I play Bidenbao?" Nine times out of ten, I'm like, "Yes," because they can play Bidenbao. <laughs> like they know how to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where you may go somewhere and you're like, "If I pass this, am I going to get crazy looks from people for passing this to you?" Like the music just drops or. Something yeah. Like that. Not saying that I'm like music god, but you can tell when people are playing and they they shouldn't. <laughs> they should be practicing at the event, you know. I don't like. Yeah, I hate that. <laughs> I, when I see that, I I get this like that look. Like yeah. I get the side. I give the sideways look. Like you cannot. Yeah. You cannot have this chord, or you cannot be doing this right now. You need to do that in your basement. <laughs> yeah. In your basement, away from people. Yeah. Show us your gift when you got it. The beauty of Capoeira is you have so many opportunities to become great at things, and then also so many opportunities to, to not. expose yourself. <laughs> I can't even count on one hand how many times I've exposed myself. But at the same time, I think sometimes it's so broad that you can fuck up and, like, people will forget it. Because so much stuff has happened with yeah. the internet now, yeah. you know? Like, so much stuff happens that it just gets pushed away, you know? I remember I ate a kick once. I ate a pretty, pretty nice one to the point where I actually forgot it even happened. It was a, it was a <laughs> gnarly kick. And so I'm talking to uh, Melandro about it. 
And he's like, you know what? The only person that's going to bother is you. Yeah. He just said it like that. That guy, you, you've spoken to him before in, in very, like, deep conversation. So you can imagine how he said that. And it was perfect because it wasn't like speaking to somebody who was your friend and they wanted to tell you the right thing. Yeah. Nor was it like speaking to somebody who you thought just didn't care. He delivered it in his way and it was just like the perfect tone. It's like, only person who care about is you. Like, That's oh. true though. Right. But we're the people that care, you know? It's like um, like when you th- you tell yourself, fuck, my game's so stale. Like, only person that thinks it's stale is you because <laughs> everybody thinks it's dope. Like, Or maybe people do think it's stale, but they, they don't care. Like, you know what I mean? Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, they're, they're too I don't think about they know. Like, maybe. I, I know some people with stale games, and I'm like, I don't understand how you can be playing one note this whole time. Has anyone told you this? <laughs> I don't. I've never told them this. I yeah. just. I've seen a. I've seen someone with a stale game, and I'm it's like, just damn. Like, you just walked up to him and said, <laughs> "I would love to." I know I can get away with it now because this is my reputation. Even before this podcast, yeah. is that I can dish it and I can take it. But when I dish it, it's pretty much right. It's well dished. Yeah, it's yeah, <laughs> it's garnished, and there's a side, and there's like a sauce and stuff, and there's a wine pairing. But like, no, I I don't think I told this person that his game is stale. I'm sure we will one of these days when I'm just like, uh, can I be frank with you? Are they a higher rank? What? Are they a higher rank person? Yeah. I'm I'm not prying. I'm just saying the best way to probably tell somebody like that is just to play them, and then they'll figure it out. <laughs> you know what I mean? You could do yeah. it verbally, or you can just play the game. You kill two birds with one stone. First of all, you're playing, which is what you came to do. Second, kind of prove your point. Especially if they have a bad attitude. Like, nah, this person has a great attitude. This person's really nice. I, I really like this person. But I, I haven't seen a change or anything. <laughs> Can we talk? <laughs> no, I just... Um, I think the person's game is still good. They just... Yeah. It's just... I've never seen a change. You know, I've seen growth... I've seen growth from my students. I've seen growth from people that I don't see. Like, you know, when you don't see someone for a while, then you see, and you're like, oh, I haven't seen this. And mm-hmm. it's been really rare that I'll be like, wow, this person's game's stale. But sometimes they just don't go out, you know? Like, you just know that they're just super busy and they can't go out and play with other people. So it's like all they have is, like, their school. So, and at least they're still playing. So I just have to tell myself, well, at least you're still, still playing. Yeah, well, you know what, though? You gotta what I've realized in the recent past, I've realized that everybody does something that's inspiring. And sometimes they show you that very quickly, or it takes a little while. You just have to watch their game a little bit longer than you want to. But everybody has that. And when I watch games with that approach, I typically walk away satisfied. I don't feel like, damn, well, like, what are they doing here? Or, like, what am I doing here? You know what I mean? <laughs> Because I have days, too, where, like, I'll come I can't imagine you saying, like, what am I doing here? Oh, man. I have a lot of moments like that. I don't, no, I don't even know. Like, the exchange, I was like, what am I doing here? <laughs> I hate exchanges, honestly. That was probably the first exchange I actually enjoyed. I love that, though. I'm I, so happy, like, I, I can't, because usually I don't come. I yeah. think people were, like, if... Why? Like, just the amount of people? I think it's sometimes the ego. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes people just want to be seen and stuff, yeah. and... And then it's not, like, for the group. It's just, like, for yourself. Like, I see. Like, I think sometimes when people go to events, I think, like, are you just here for yourself to be seen at this event? Or did you want to add energy? hmm I think that's why, like, I've... Well, I think there's no wrong answer in that case, right? I mean, obviously, you're coming to exchange, and that should be your sole purpose. But you're not representing your group in a sense of, like, 
yeah, it's known that you may be from Batuki or yeah. Chegado may be from Capital Brazil, mm -hmm. but people aren't wearing logos. So you're now taking your experience that you learned in your schools and your training and you're bringing it and showing it and reflecting that through yourself and like how you do things. And I think that's the beautiful thing about Capital Exchange is that people are sharing what they got, but it's their version. They don't have to conform to like their group per se. And yeah. Um, they're they're typically endorsed and supported by their masses to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that doesn't happen enough in Capoeira in general. So I don't know. I feel like uh, exchange is one of the rare cases where you you can't really go the wrong way in that one. You know? Yeah. I I just yeah. It was just fun to get to play music. I got to sing. Um, I got to no, and I played a lot of games. Probably the most ever yeah. exchange. That was a good time. It is the, there is that sh that sense of shock. Like exchange is one of those things you have to show up early because if you show up late when things are already hot, it's almost so like overwhelming you don't up. want to play. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I love that event. I was bummed I missed the past, missed a couple actually. Yeah, it was good. It was it was good to have a Paranalonga too because he really like set the tone at the start. You know, mm -hmm. he sang it. He sang a super slow song and then he went right into samba and then there was some samba and then it broke apart. Then there was like a little bit more samba, and then there was Angola, and then, and then we bring it in, and then we bring it out, and then we do samba again, and then, yeah, it, it was like so many different like layers and levels. It was like an onion. That was like so samba was like the root of his presence for this trip. It seems like it was kind of a, a common point. I think so. Yeah. Nice. It was really amazing though, just to even hear his experiences. Like he told me how he was in like Europe, and there was one time where he was just like. I had a headset and I taught like three hundred people. Like he like and I you know, everyone's jinging and it was nuts and then Oh, I see what you're saying. When you said headset I thought of like a Walkman. No, like a like <laughs> one of those like Tony train. Robbins like microphone yeah. headset. Like yeah, and then he just said it was like really nice because it was like an intimate group, like it was like Sadak a lot of people from Sadakuru school and because like most of the time it was like Sadakuru school or Sadakuru or just Sadakuru and then our school like mostly and and then, like, later on, I think on Friday, there was, there was like, other schools. And it was funny because he had broken us up into two different groups on Beating Bows, and all of Pasadena was on one side. And he did that crazy intro that he was just doing every day. Mm -hmm. And then the other side, it's, like, all the other people from other schools. And then you can tell some of them were, like, high court. And I don't, I don't know. Some of them weren't even, like, didn't even know how to hold a beer and bow. Or, like, they can just tell, like, this must have been their, like, fourth time or something. And... Like, you know, we would do the intro, and then they would do the intro, and they their intro was, like, so bumpy. It was, like, <laughs> you know, and ours was, like, clean, and, um, yeah, it was really cool, and the singing, and he would, like, okay, this side sing, now this side sing, now just the girls, now just the guys, now the kids sing, you know, and, nice. yeah. So what's the consensus? Do you feel like people are going to campaign for him to come back? Or is it going to well, People be always want him to come back, I, but I think they're going to want other people for next year. Yeah. Uh, for the scheduling purposes, that's what, it was crazy because it was Paranalonga and then two weeks later, our bachizado. But that was like the first, that was like the only time I think we could have got him was him coming off of Europe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then, and then yeah, bachizado. And then it was kind of interesting because there was definitely like a calmness of bachizado. This is the most controlled I think we've ever felt, I think because we were coming off of the music event. Mm, I see. Which was like. Not crazy, but you know, it was like all that energy. For sure. yeah. yeah, and we were kind of riding off of it. But the so 
But so it's not like we were nervous coming into. Th- I mean, I wasn't. I wasn't moving up or anything. But I think people were. I mean, people were crying, you know, when they were getting their money to record. And I thought that was cute. Well, there's always the usual suspects, right? People who just cry. <laughs> right. There's a, there's some good moments at this Bachisado. It, de- it definitely, as much as Moito tries to have a small event, and it never happens, this one definitely felt more intimate than the others. It did, but the craziest thing was all those metri- messages, like, rolled up. Yeah, yeah. And they, like, came in a carpool group. It's like they all shared the same lift line. Oh, they, like, sure. all just, like, rolled up. And I'm like, what the for fuck? For sure. Because they, they like what's going on. And they know that there's only one or two places they can get that. So they're <laughs> like, oh, let's put our money together and go to Pasadena. That was nuts. And then Bohasha was, was there. And then he did that crazy, like, intro. And then... <laughs> yeah. He always brings his, uh, his ashe. I was dying. I don't know if you saw me. I was on the beat and bow, and yeah. I was, like, crying because I was laughing so hard because uh, I haven't seen him in such a long time. It so feels it's like, like it's been a while since he showed up. <laughs> he definitely made sure his presence was known. That fool's teeth were missing. Uh, I want to know what happened to his teeth. <laughs> well, I don't, you know, he, he's been around Capoeira for a long time. And uh, I'm not sure if he's done other things outside of Capoeira, but you never know. Like, it's like a hockey player. You never know how long they've been without teeth. <laughs> like, there's some hockey players out there younger than us, and they just have false teeth because they get down. They get down whatever they're doing. Uh, I mean, apparently he's just going through some, like, it was the dental. He's, like, in the process of dental work or something uh, okay. like that. So that's why like, well, he didn't have But, no, it was just awesome. And because usually our, I feel like our body is pretty young. Like, yeah. You have Messi, and then a few of our old people from our school, they're, like, have kids and, like, yeah. are parents themselves, so, like, they're old in their own right, but they're not, like, Messi's come. For sure. That was, like, this is the first year that Messi's came. Yeah. It was cool that Messi and Nayla even came, because their baby was supposed to be, like, yeah, out into the world like, already. bun was baked, yeah. Yeah. Um, but they were there, and he was, like, super different mood i don't want to say he was like lighthearted because obviously he was just trying to stay hyper aware of yeah his his wife was gonna have a water break yeah (laughs) but he was in good spirits and that was cool it's always good his mood you know kind of sets the tone for a lot of people so it was it was a unique event it felt a little bit more it felt like it was tighter knit than the last few yeah I, i didn't expect that he would say words you know, for Sochi and Akko and I either. I thought, like, all right, cool. They got money to our car. This shit's over. Yeah. I can officially be yeah. clocked out. Did and... you guys get a gift or something like that? Is yeah, that we got a little, like, coin with our names That's engraved. Right. That's right. You played and... that thing? Yeah, I have. Yeah. I don't... And then everyone's like, I can't believe you bring it out to be played. I you got to get your it. fanny pack now. <laughs> Just for your coin and your switchblade. I should. <laughs> Do you have one? No, a coin or a fanny pack? Like a fanny pack. I had one when I used to take trips to Disney World when I was a kid. Okay, probably not for capoeira purposes. Nah, I should get nah. one. That's something I always thought in my head. It's like, you know, you get it when you become a culture master or something like that. Get your fanny pack. I wanted that leg pack that Rob has. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah. I don't want to have that. Yeah. I'd rather just rock khakis over... Uh, I'm pretty sure I'd just rock some cargo. Yeah, I was going to say, I'll, rock, I'll be that person that rocks cargos over pants. No, I'm just... I'm scared, <laughs> dude. <laughs> That's hilarious. Interesting how this machine works now, where you're able to share your content. Mm-hmm. If you pay for it, sometimes you don't need to, but 
you don't really know exactly who's listening to you. I don't know until who's you to me. like have an encounter with them. Yeah. And they're like, oh god! Like you, I don't, I'm sure in that moment you were like, how do I handle this? I think I just kicked at him and I was like, hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, the trippy thing is when you get to the point that you're used to it. I'm interested to see how that plays out. Just be like, yeah, what? I don't know what <laughs> I'm a celebrity face. <laughs> Hi, I am Miss Perta. I think uh, I haven't gone like uh, I've done a couple photo ops with people, but nothing big yet. But there were people coming up that I didn't even know, like at all. I thought that was in- I, was- I thought that was cool. Like I don't even know you, because at least some people can be like, oh, you're blah blah's friend. Like that's an easy ease in, you know? Yeah. But to just come for a- the music event from another state. And then see me, and then they're like, "Whoa, what a great weekend!" I Wait, was like, uh. <laughs> so, so give me the because you talked about the music event. I wasn't able to go; I had to work. Please tell me about the atmosphere, like the scenery. What what happened? Exactly? Oh man, it was so, so. It was literally music class. And Paranalonga is the one. Paranalonga came. They picked yeah, and he literally did nothing but sing. It's nuts. And you know what the problem was for me? Uh, my Portuguese is just so terrible, so I feel like I couldn't really get a good conversation with him. But I feel like I got to show what I was made of when it was time to play music, and I would play music. But yeah, the workshops were you just came and you brought your own instruments, whatever you had. I mean, we supply our school supplied a lot of them. We had a ton of drums. You have like a ton of other instruments. So if if you didn't have one, like you got something, or you like at least switched off with someone at some point. But we were just in a circle, and there was a um, kind of like an intro, uh, a building bow intro that he always just wanted to come in first. Mm-hmm. And it was very long and complex. Really? Yeah, it wasn't just like dong, 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 dong. Yeah. It, was, it was like dong, 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 ding, dong, ding, dong, ding, dong, ding, dong, ding, 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 ding. You know, it was really, it took me two days to get and for the people that got it after one day, I'm sure they came, they went home and just practiced it to ad nauseum yeah. after the music event, and then probably right before the second day to go in. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It took me two days, and then by the third day, I was like, chill. Yeah. I got this, yeah. Nice. Um, that, that Stuff like that, especially for those who listen to music on a regular basis, when you hear somebody that you've never seen before do that like variation or intro... Then you're like, ah, I know whose student you are. Like, I know yeah. who's <laughs> Just off of that. Yeah. That's cool. So was it just, uh, like, capoeira music, or was he doing a uh, Samba, too. What was the ratio of, like, samba to capoeira music? What would you say? 50-50? No, I mean, obviously, capoeira was a little bit more, but it was, yeah, I would say, uh, yeah, it was, like, 70 no, I'd say it was like 45, 55. Really? Yeah. I, the reason why I asked is, so after the event, I was obviously running back into you guys, and uh, in the in the correct place when people were singing songs, a whole bunch of people who I'd never seen or seen uh, sing Samba Jihada music had songs out the ass, where I'm like, where did you get this from? <laughs> and they were like, yeah, they had music you made. Yeah, Paranalonga, yeah. And um, I'm trying to, honestly, to me, and there, were, there was no lyrics. It was... So much audio and, like, um, auditory memory and listening and, and repetition that, yeah, nobody had, like, lyrics on them. It's not like someone passed and, like, there was a whiteboard. There was no whiteboard. Yeah. Just, I just had to, like, just hang on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was going to say, um, 
man, like, yeah, we got our money's worth. Because, like, at first, he, like, I think the first line, he just started slow. And then all of a sudden, he just started belting it. You know, the point where he did one of those, like, Whitney Houston, where he puts his, like, finger in his ear? Like, he has that, like, half a, yeah, like, half the headphones in the recording studio. And just started really hitting it. Like, going, ah! You know, like, he even did that crack, but that good crack. You know, like... That crack of emotion. That good crack, yeah. And, like, and it just, like, burned inside you, and you're like, whoa, this is crazy. And, And I feel like people are probably, like, looking for any social media on my end, and usually I would, but um, immediately going in, and I was late because I was also dealing with work because, like I said, I'm a manager now, so I just have to do a lot more legit adult stuff in the restaurant industry, like... I knew, like, not even to come in, like, with the phone. Like, my phone was, like, in, like, the bottom of, like... <laughs> like Did he allow people to record? No, and he oh. didn't. I think people were at first, and then he would, like... And then he started to, he started saying something, like, oh, you shouldn't... You're not here if you're behind that camera. Oh, so he didn't want people recording video. Well, how did he feel about audio, or did people just not do it? He said that? audio, too. He just didn't want to, and he was like, no, yeah. I don't think anyone even asked for his permission, I think, which made me think. I'm like, oh, I should really, like, we should stipulate that. if, if, Or, like, may, I wonder if during our events we could stipulate that, like, mm-hmm. tell teachers and then warn us in advance, because people just are so used to whipping out GoPros and, yeah. Yeah. and all that, and... And honestly, in my heart, like, something told me, like, yeah, this can't be, like, this won't even show how cool it is, like, right. on a video or, like, through Snapchat. So I just, every time I would go in, my my phone was buried under a bunch of shit in my book bag. And It's interesting, and, like, I guess I need to stop pretending like I didn't grow up in a time where smartphones didn't exist. But I'm trying to think about how people would now retain a music class or workshop if they're not able to record it and go back and reference it like i get his reasoning behind not allowing people to record and stuff Mm -hmm. it really makes sense but at the same time i wonder what people do in that case to make sure they're retaining the music because there's only a small percentage of people who pick things up especially in a different language that Mm -hmm. may be like second or third and then are able to spit it back out you know yeah. Um, in a short amount of time. Others, like myself, I need to do it like over and over again until I start my ears start to bleed. And then it makes sense. I think there was a certain pressure because he was there. And especially in my school, like um it's weird because, you know, I'm a higher belt, so I grew up like quote unquote grow grew up with different musical artists. Mm-hmm. So when he was coming, I wasn't like, oh my God, he's coming. This is going to be the best. Yeah. I'm going to be best friends. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, sweet, he's coming. Like, yeah. I didn't, I wasn't as excited as some of the lower crits, which is fine. And honestly, like, everybody that sings in my school are amazing. Like, they do the practice. Mm-hmm. It's funny because, like, I don't know. I think some people keep trying to ask, like, oh, what do you do to get so good? And, like, it's like, it's, fucking practice yeah, like repetition yeah it's practice i i always say uh, i would practice literally six hours from two when i got off of work until it was time for shingu's class at eight fifteen. Mm-hmm. we practice until eight o'clock and then we drive to train and then we train till ten thirty. and then and then if you when you go into like that class you better know what you're fucking doing because like shingu doesn't play with people that are just fucking around yeah. on the barrel yeah. um 
Whereas in Pasadena, it's not. Pasadena, if you don't have access to a beer about and your only time to practice is in that hood at the end of class, it's fine. So it's complete opposites. And, but, but I think most Capoeira schools is kind of like that, like college. Like, come like prepared, that. study, and ask questions after you've read the material right. type of thing. Right. Yeah. But even that, like, so for your example about your school in Pasadena, that not every teacher is good at teaching music in an efficient way. I don't think luckily, I am. <laughs> luckily, like, with Muay Thai Temple, he understands music in a point where he's able to break it down and be yeah. super efficient. So the fact that there are students who only practice in class, they're still picking up stuff relatively quick. Yeah. Where in a different school, it may not be the same case. People like need take, to take the initiative yeah. to practice outside of class, you know. And I think that's where, yeah, schools kind of fall short because then you have, like, higher chords or you have, like, these mid-level chords that, you know, um, don't really have that comfortability to just get on or, like, or even get on the beating bow. Maybe they'll just get on, like, Pondetto, like, forever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or it could be that thing that, like, just holds them back from not getting that high chord. Then they got to, like, play this insane, like, thing of catch-up, yeah. you know? And It's, uh, I think... It was your last podcast with uh, Alondro. And mm-hmm. remember, he was speaking about his first teacher who he had learned how to play a bit about before his first teacher. Yeah. I think he and his classmates were like, wow, well, that actually happens. It's a thing. Yeah. But my theory is that the movements have gotten so cool nowadays that people are kind of putting music in the shadows for now. And yeah. they're trying to pick up the movements, especially with like social media and Instagram just feeding you different kind of movements that you can work on because you're seeing, you know, everyone else is expressing their creativity on video. So people just want to, like, latch onto that, figure it out really quick, whatever. Um, I wonder, I don't know, I wonder if music is ever going to become as prominent as it was before. Because you do have people who understand and appreciate music and they can tell you about songs all day. But I don't think it's as widespread as the people who really love movement. No, I don't think it's as, I don't think it's as, like, you know, hand in hand or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. I uh, I mean, I this is the only thing I know personally, though. I, I can't tell you about other schools because I've never really, like, spent an extended amount of time at other schools. I've trained, like, weeks at a time at other schools. But, yeah, it's mostly movement over music. And then music will be, like, a separate class and... You just have to be really, and even to me, even then, if you're going to a music class, to me, you should have your, your shit, like, you should have your material, your red before you go there. I, yeah, I think practice is huge. I know Shingu is, would tell us, like, you have to practice on your own, and mm-hmm. I don't know, I took it seriously. I had nothing to do, Yeah. like, at the time. Yeah. I was single, I mean, I'm still single, but, like, in my 20s, I had nothing going on, and there were, like, kids other... You know, my age, too, and we had, like, fuck you jobs where we were just like, yeah, I'm off at, <laughs> I'm off at sports chalet uh, at three. Like, yeah. let's just, like, get together and practice because we have so nothing funny. else going on, you know? Like, so we would get together and just practice, and, yeah, it was just repetition, just songs we knew, and and then if one of us happened to come up on, like, a bootleg or yeah. something... <laughs> or whatever. A Napster download. Yeah, like something. Or like, <laughs> oh, this is like a recording from a Hoda or something that my yeah. friend got that I got. We would try to listen to it. And I don't even think the Portuguese was probably even like our version was good. But it was something. Yeah, that's cool. I wish I had like a crew to just ditch my job with and go practice music. That was, You know, music was my uh, excuse to 
not do my homework in college. <laughs> so I was thinking to myself, like, well, I've accomplished something. Yeah. So homework can wait until tomorrow, like 20 minutes before class. But um, that funny excuse of a first group that I was with back in the hometown, they try to do one night a week music class. And, like, say there would be 10 people in the in the actual, like, technique and movement class. Yeah. Like, three people show up to the music class. Yeah. And those three people would not be the people that <laughs> could help you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's hard. It's hard to, to suck at something. It's It sucks to suck. Yeah, it sucks much. to suck, you know? <laughs> Especially when you go to music. I, I We suck so bad. And we... I mean, I've told this story before. Like, we practice in public. We practice at a fountain in, front, in a shopping mall. <laughs> yeah. Where people, like, walked by us and we had to sing out loud. And that didn't help with the nervousness. And we were still just as nervous going into class and, like, singing the songs and... I remember, like, she knew would be like, it's never loud enough. It's not loud enough. I don't hear that energy. I don't hear the groove. Like, you guys need to keep practicing. Like, and it's like, you couldn't even explain what the groove or the energy. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, I'm expending energy as I'm saying this. He's like, no, but, like, showmanship. And yeah. then he'd be like, and then the groove. Like, and then he'd just, like, move his shoulders. Like, you know, like that groove. And then I'd be like, what the fuck are you? I'm doing what you want me to do. Like... <laughs> Totally got a flash of that dude. What's his name? Quagmire from. Our- <laughs> yeah, like with that head. Like I, I would be like, I don't know what you're talking about. And it took a long time. It took years. Yeah. And yeah, whenever I hear people like, oh, there's gonna be another way. Like no, I just think it's practice. Mm-hmm. And and everyone in my school, they practice on their own. Like yeah. and some of them don't even own the instruments, but they'll sing. You know, in traffic, they'll sing to. There's Spotify. There's there's Dune Doc. Like I can't, I can't see. A reason why you would not know music at all. Yeah, there are so many resources now. Yeah. Actually, an old friend of mine who was once a, I don't know, he was a part of Tuzino's lineage, right? Uh, he was a student in Cleveland. Uh, this guy has since, he used to, he used to live in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. He was training with the Copa de Brazil group out there and then he moved to France. But in between that time of him living in Cleveland and moving to France, he created, like, the Capoeira songbook. <laughs> Is it the songbook that everybody has? I'm pretty sure it's a website. Uh, yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure this is the same Meanoichi, which is, like, it's like a freaking song database. And yeah. It's a brilliant idea in a sense of, like, you get the lyrics and then he might have a referencing, like, video at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Like, damn, where was this 10 years ago when I was trying to figure this stuff out? But... Um, I, I still appreciate the way that I learned because it was so hectic and stressful and like borderline embarrassing. Yeah. That the songs that I did learn, I learned them like they're they're in my skin. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't have to like recall them ever. I just kind of sing them in the moment because it's borderline traumatic. Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah. People, like you're singing the song, like what does it mean? I'm like, um, uh, let me get back to you in a couple <laughs> days. I used to get, like, flashbacks of, like, my dad trying to teach me, like, the times tables, those first moments of doing music. It was really... I mean, I don't think he's even... I don't think he was even like that anymore, but, I mean, I like I said, it's a lot of, like, personal time of my own that I practice. Mm-hmm. And then when I had Moito, then Moito kind of, like, transcended that, because then it was all about playing in the pocket, and I didn't know what that meant until... Mm-hmm. I think recently, like... Last year, I just started really playing with variations, but I don't want that to be all that I'm known for, mm-hmm. but it's fun. Yeah. 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 It's definitely fun. It adds so much color to the music, too, especially when you're able to hear what you're doing, but 
at the same time hear what the person next to you is doing. Yeah. And really be able to play with that and, and, and naturally do it, you know what I mean? Not feel like you're forcing yourself to, yeah. to meet them at their level. Um, that's a way to say it. The only time I feel like... No, there's only a couple people that when I sit next to them, I put my playing in the pocket aside and then I'm, I'm listening. I'm just trying to pick stuff up. And it's it's typically... Of course, it's with Massey on main, but um, Moist was really good about throwing out some new variations I haven't heard before, and I'm like, wow, how did that happen? Almost like the part I just, where it makes me mess up. <laughs> like, that guy just sits down, I think. I think he just sits in his room and then just, like, thinks about it. Absolutely. And then he comes to class, and he doesn't really try it, and then he just makes us try it. Yeah. Or, like, he'll say it, and then he's like, wait, I don't. Give me a second. Um, no, and then it works. Yeah. I can't teach like that when I teach music. I was um, on the west side this past Friday because I just got done handling some biz over there. I didn't. I was in the, the, the office at my job. So I went and hung out uh, for what is Sehi's class, but she's out of town and mm-hmm. Rob was subbing. Mm-hmm. And um, it was really interesting to see what he decided to prioritize for his class mm-hmm. um, and how he went about doing it. And instead of spending most of his time trying to teach people a song, um, he was like, let's work on cleaning up notes. And so he just went through the dong, the ding, and the buzz and would have people figure out. I'm pretty sure he's making it up on the way, along the way, but it was cool to see how he formulated his class in a sense of like, all right, I'm going to have you guys play all of these notes and you're going to do it in multiple different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to see how, like how much I can break you. And then when we find that breaking point, yeah, you're going to progress from there. And there were some, like, people who picked it up right away. There was one who was super terrified to even try. Uh, by the end of the class, though, she was fine. Oh, that's cool. Like, wow. That's a different approach, but it obviously worked. And it just, it all went back to repetition. Yeah. If he had stepped away from that, they I'm pretty sure they would have left, like, discouraged. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because they just would have felt like they'd never accomplished anything. But yeah. it was cool for him to, um, for me to see that, like, happen. Um, is it, it's mostly women in your, in your group, right? Yeah. Every t- I always will do like a quick count just to see, just cause I'm always intrigued, but I, yeah, it's, it's a little bit more women, just a tiny bit more. Are they like, when I think of your school and people who sing all the time, I think of <laughs> you, Ardell. Allie. Um, out definitely Ali. Man, I annoyed her so much at the last five that it was great. <laughs> she was singing and she was doing good, so I just decided to pull out my Instagram and like put her on the oh. story. <laughs> Apparently I threw her off, but she she did great. But um did that did that growth because that's that was a highlight of, of your bachizado that I really liked was at that point where um Moito said no Teachers can play instruments, just let the students hold it down. Yeah. It was all Pasadena, which yeah. was amazing to me. And then, and it wasn't like you listen to it and you think it's all students. Everyone was holding it down it's very student. nicely. You know yeah. What I mean? And um, I was wondering if there's like a, 
you know, sub-community of people who are drawn to music and you guys all trying to kind of train with each other? Or is it something that happens on separate accounts and you guys just meet back in the middle? I think that's what, what happens because some of them will will meet up with each other during the day. It's like, obviously, nobody has jobs except me. Because <laughs> like, yeah. people will just meet up. But, I mean, yeah, my day is off. Like, I'll meet up with them, too. Like, we'll, we'll fuck around for a few hours and then I'll be like, okay, let's just... I want to take a nap before class and then we'll go, you know, yeah. or we'll do that or something. Um yeah, and then there's, like, solo individual. Um, yeah, so different, like, pairs or, like, a trio or different groups will meet on their own time, like, whatever time, whenever they could. And then, or sometimes one person will listen to a song and like, yo, I heard this one song. It's dope. And then they'll pass the lyrics on to them. And then after class on notice, they'll be, like, um, going through it. Like, it's a long song, and then they'll... They'll start to hear the breakdown of like different Birumbao like variations, and then, and then they'll even like sing it, and then they'll be like, oh, and then do this variation, but like around this time. So it's very scientific if yeah. you really think about it. Like I think of it for me, I just look for the kill zone of what the, what the hardest part of the song is, what's the worthiest part, and then I'll just break it down, sing it like twenty times, mm-hmm. and then I sing it the way. To me, I sing it kind of like a guy at first, like sing it at it's like mid-level like pitch and then i'll sing it to see how it goes in mine mm-hmm. and then i sing how i can i sing to see how i can throw in my own variations and the harmonizations and stuff put your stank on it yeah throw your ashe in but there. the funniest thing about ali is ali can do it off the bat and yeah. sometimes it's a very small percentage when she fucks it up yeah but most of the time she gets it uh-huh and um, it'll be funny because I'll catch her doing it, and then I'm like, okay, do it again, and I'll back you up, uh-huh. too, so it, you can hear it. You know what? And it's funny you mention that. I think that has a lot to do with the fact that she's a naturally expressive person. Mm-hmm. And that also, like, brings me into the train of thought of how Capoeira, especially for the quote-unquote introvert or people who are just quiet and shy, Capoeira changes them. If it's only for 30 minutes or if it's for the rest of their life, like... From the time that you walk into the into the door versus the time that you walk out, you're not a quiet person anymore. Like, no. unless your your teacher allows you to be, but it's very rare that yeah. you find something like that. You know, um, and I I wonder how much of that actually is like a true correlation between like her sense of expression versus how quickly she's able to pick up those nuances of music that yeah. makes it so colorful. She's told me that she really didn't pick up music until she was injured, and then... But I think also being with Pasadena, you know, and then Moitu being so musical, and then having the house so nearby the school where we can just, like, fuck around and, like, shoot the shit after class, mm-hmm. and, like, hang out till God knows when, and then there's instruments lying around, you know, like... So you have that. Yeah. Like, right now, I think Pasadena is hitting... I mean, I can't... I don't even... I'm not gonna say, like, a Hades over. It's not, like, of my school, but... We're hitting this really good stride right now where just everyone is around. We're, we're at a good, like, age, young age. Um, you know, this, the house is nearby. The school is nearby. Like, everyone is just in a good time to be to be learning and, like, opening and having time. Is it a second wave of, like, a, a golden era? <laughs> I think we're still in the golden era. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, it's obviously cooled off a little bit since I've... I mean, I've noticed these last, like, I don't know, like, three years or whatever, four years that we've been having events. 
But I feel like we don't even look at the past of our past events or, like, the way it's been in the past. I think we're just, like, we just keep going forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see that with the games and stuff. Um, more so amongst, like, the higher court, higher up than we are. Yeah. Where in any other place, the stuff that they do to each other would be considered offensive. But <laughs> there's such a weird camaraderie that is just lingering in the air yeah that it it is the it makes it create like it creates this like perfect recipe for the perfect game in a way yeah people are like putting themselves at risk or <laughs> maybe the person that they're playing with they put them a little at risk but it makes for really amazing games because they put themselves in weird situations are you talking about during machizado or just like in general at the exchange well, or Mostly, I see this at the exchange, or it'll be at like a beach hotel. But at the boxes, that it even happens. Like, yeah. um, there was a guy I've never seen him before, and I didn't get a chance to get his name. Was but... he from Belgium? Did he look like Bruno Mars? Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Even, I don't know. If I forgot his name. He was cool. Yeah, yeah. He seemed like a pretty cool dude. I think he's yeah. He's super cool. So he was playing um, Espantalio, um, Alfred Kendrick, Fit Arts, and. Uh, <laughs> The plug. And, uh, Carmel LCC. <laughs> yeah. And like right away, people were going for Ashtetas and stuff like that. And this dude, he goes down like Negachiba Hole and Alfred figures out a way to like, it's kind of a half Negachiba Hole backward and then does a Haiz over his head. So Alfred's head, it's like a Spider Man yeah. kiss in a way. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just trying to like give you a picture yeah, of Yeah, yeah, no, I'm there. I'm there. And he just does Spider-Man a height kiss. over his head. It was it was amazing. But I'm like, man. Talk about the Spider Man kiss of Tobey Maguire and yeah, Kristen yeah. Dunn. The first Spider Man. <laughs> the first. So, I mean, lips obviously didn't touch. I mean, yeah. it's an analogy, but. Oh I'm man, like, that man, would be so freaky. I would do wrong. something like that just to freak him out. Because of my own forehead. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but he was there, but his feet weren't on the ground. It was amazing. Ridiculous. Like, man, if one thing went wrong, he could have lost an eyeball or a hand <laughs> or something, but it just made for a beautiful game. I felt super light when I was playing my games. And I just remember someone was saying, like, congratulations. And I was like, I don't, I don't know. I didn't move up. This year, I don't... <laughs> nothing happened with me. <laughs> but thank you. I'll I was you. like, all right, let's play. Folded <laughs> the hell out of the yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> No, funny. it was a fun event. I, uh, you know, usually I'm like living out of my car and I'm incredibly sleep... I was still sleep deprived, but it just... I felt really... It felt good to be um, just super nearby and super accessible to do stuff. Like, I even got the t-shirts. I cooked two meals. I housed people. I... I felt like I, I was only off for, I think, six days. Of, I was off for six or five days, and I felt like I was out of the country for three months. Oh, so you took vacation time. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, because I was wondering, like, did you maintain the work schedule and no, have housing? there wouldn't have been a way. That would have been awful. I, I have such a terrible energy when I come in, usually, because I'm just, like, tired and... <laughs> yeah. You, you know, sit I just down like and drink some Jack and smoke a cigarette. I would like no, I just want to like slide in like the field position. So whenever <laughs> I've I've come from work, I usually will kind of like sit a little far away and kind of listen until yeah. I get motioned in or like someone like with like gives me a pondetto or some sort of instrument. And then and even then, I'm like not looking at anyone. I'm kind of just looking down, and then I just kind of wait. Yeah, I feel you. 
it's weird how work drains people mentally to the point where they just don't like there's days where I don't want to interact, but I still really want to train. Yeah. So I miss class and I'll just go train somewhere, even though I know I'll probably have a better time in the class. Of course. Yeah. And so what I've been doing to try to get around that is um, every 30 minutes or sometimes like an hour, I'll get up and just go for a walk around the building. People think I'm crazy. They think I'm that crazy guy that walks and talks to himself. But really what I'm doing is I'm walking and I'm either singing a song or I'm talking to somebody. Um, and I just have in like a headphone earpiece. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just, yeah, I try to take my head out of the job and put it back into real life. Because that's like, that's what's important, right? That's how you like function in the world and in the Capoeira world. It's such a, such a personable community that we're in that you can't, people can smell it on you right away when you're. I'm trying to think, like, yeah, that event was, like, a blur. Like, before I knew it, it was, like, over. And I, and this is, like, the first year where I just didn't move up because I was finally, I was actually high enough, and I felt totally okay with it. Yeah, what? Yeah, that energy. Like, I literally felt super light when I was playing. And yeah. I know, I feel like a fucking ton of bricks when I play. Like, yeah. I just feel disgusting. But, yeah, that day, and even people were saying, like, yeah, you look, this looks so light. And, I, yeah, the energy was just so no fun. Yeah. There's no pressure on your back, right? Like, you didn't have to sit there or stand there and uh, wait for somebody to call you up when you have to play, like, four or five people. They're freaking blazing hot, warm, because they've been beating the crap out of people all day. Yeah. And then you have to try to match their, you know, get on their level. Like, this time around, you handle what you handle naturally, yeah. and then you just kind of came in as you as you wanted to. And yeah, and la- last year, that was the only time I had played that whole goddamn week. <laughs> Was for my stupid car. <laughs> and then I didn't even get to, like, warm up Huda. Like, what fucking warm no. up Huda? No. You, you almost I, had one less person to play. But then... Oh, yeah, so, she knew who yeah, was, like, His bag was on his back. And, oh like, God. I think he brought Zoe that year. <laughs> they were pretty much ready to go. Yeah. It's at the door. And then in, he heard your name and completely busted a U-turn. <laughs> oh, it's like, oh, go. shit. Dave, hold my ankles. bag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that was cool. I mean... You obviously, you two have a pretty significant past for your, you know, in your Capoeira um, journey. So it was nice to see you guys play. He did a workshop at our event, and it was funny because I've never, I mean, I've had tons of, I had like, I've had thousands of classes, you know, from him, and this is the first time I think I took his workshop. And I've, I mean, I've taken that actual specific class like at least like five times where he's beat us with a stick. So, I mean, I was probably the only one not scared when it was time for my moment. But it was a nice moment and hearing his voice and it just felt like really nostalgic. I got a little verklempt. Like, I was almost crying because I was like, man, I forgot how these classes were. And and a lot of people kind of came up to me and were like, okay, I like to understand you way more now. Like, where you come from. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, I didn't have the fun dad. You always hear the the horror stories about Shingu's class. It's it's never a horror story. It was, he runs it like a martial arts school. And I think we still, we forget that Capoeira is still a martial art. I mean, mm. it's, everyone's like, yeah, it's a song dance, great. I, like, use it to, like, unwind. Like, no, yeah. this is life or death to Shingu. Like, yeah. it, it, this always sounds weird, but I even say it. Like, when I go to the Hoda, I want to kill you mm. in my head. Like, I'm going to kill this person. <laughs> like, Respectfully. Like, yeah, Sorry. like, in a good way, in a Capoeira <laughs> way. Or, like, I think when I first was, like, 
training with Muay Thu. I think in my head that was like always in the forefront. And now not so much because it's a different vibe in Muay Thu's. But definitely at Shingu's, it's like the first thought on everyone's mind that takes Shingu's classes. Like, I'm going to fucking kill you. The heat is at like 95 (laughs) in the summer. Yeah, dude. (laughs) Like the only time where the guy comes out to fix the heater, like, excuse me, it's August and you need me to fix the heat. The heater is broken. Why is the heater broken? It's the AC. They're like, no, it's not the AC. Our AC is fine. Yeah. It's our heater that's broken. You need to fix that thermostat for the heater. Uh, you know what? I appreciate that, though. If I had to choose between one or the other, I'd rather be way too hot than way too cold. I mean, if I'm doing capoeira. I like it. I'm, I've never gotten, like, I've, yeah. And it's great when you're, like, trying to save AC and you're so used to it. Like, yeah. you're just in a room that's, like, at 96 degrees in your house. And yeah. <laughs> you just think it's, like, fine. Like, you think it's acceptable. It's no deal. Yeah. If it gets too dry, that's another like, trouble. But other than that, temperature's high. No, it's, it's sopping wet in there. It's, like, it's like Thailand. It's, like, this <laughs> class. But, no, it was great. He taught a workshop about stick fighting and... And, like, even, like, the principles that he was using saying, like, you know, if someone goes through you, they're going to go through your family. And I think that hit, like, a lot of people, like, oh, yeah, this is why you want to take something like this to defend yourself. And, yeah, and he was just super respectful and um, super down to business. And and as someone that took his dick fighting class when he was still formulating it and just starting it off, I could see how systematic it's become now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was really nice to see that. Yeah, I'm interested to see what happens with a lot of his long-standing students after the next 10 years and, like, when they decide to start running their own things and stuff like that. If they will have that same commitment to survival that he has. Yes. Because... I think so. He is, uh, one... He goes on the list of easy people to talk to. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And as intense as his classes are actually really enjoy just going to his classes sometimes and just being there because the element is so like it's energetic mm-hmm. and it's something really refreshing about that but there's a sense of reality that he always holds with him when he's teaching these classes that some people just can't can't handle it they don't oh, know where yeah. it's coming from when he was saying like you know uh when they go when they go to you like they're gonna go behind you know like everyone that you stand for everyone that you love mm-hmm. like i can tell people were like whoa this is serious but i'm like that's shingu like yeah. i was kind of like everybody get used to it like yeah. this is how intense class always is and <laughs> and i even asked him when i you know on our my quest to be a teacher i was like what is your mission statement because i think i like to hear what what they're all about because when you're you know if i can hear what you're all about then i can definitely give a feel for what your students could play like and act in the way they perceive Kabwara and, like, life. And he said, I want these kids, like, walking away saying that they can defend themselves if they were confronted with a fight, if mm-hmm. they could use Kabwara effectively. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, that speaks a lot to not only his own personal experience, but obviously his teacher, too, where anything is fine as long as it's effective. Like, don't put yourself in a vulnerable position. <laughs> like, don't allay. Then, <laughs> then you will pay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I really appreciate that because it allows you to be an individual, but you you have an intention that is universal to everybody. Yeah. It, it doesn't require you to look or play a certain way. You know what I mean? Um, I think something that is just as important as that is the etiquette of capoeira. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool to see what 
different schools find to be like the standard of etiquette you know what I mean and how you should carry yourselves he's I think like I've you know I've traveled a lot of places and a lot of people have told me like they like how I read the room like before I do anything and Mm. and I kind of just go with it and they've said I've been like a chameleon I think Shingu is really good at teaching you like what to do and what not to do and even what to say when a man says, no, that's wrong. You do it like that. And how you just like, thank you. You just say, thank you. Thank you. And then you walk away. Um, I think he's really good at, at doing at that. I mean, yeah, yeah, he taught me well, I think. And there's a lot of stuff that I pick up that I, that I still use, like as a teacher, I think I'm a little hard on my students and I do teach, but I mean, that's the way I was taught. Gotta be a little hard on them, right? I think the ones that you, you uh, seriously, like, if you push, true. you push their buttons a little bit, then they're going to feel like, I need to go back because I deserve to go back. Like Yeah, you got to be uncomfortable. That, you you know can't I mean? be comfortable. I don't think you can ever be comfortable. If, no one's ever, like, want to fight being comfortable. Like, right. being like, hey, what's up? Oh, you want to fight? All right, cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm a fiend for the um, that aha moment. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously for myself, but I love watching people go through it when they're like, "Oh, like that's what that's how you do it. That makes sense now." So, in that respect, I do like to push students beyond what they thought was their limit. Yeah. Obviously, you try to do it the safest way possible, but at the same time, like cutfoot is not always the safest thing to do in general. <laughs> so, yeah. But when that when that clicks, yeah. This is great. I, yeah. I know what you're feeling right now. And then people tend to just want to come back for that. They get high off of that. And I get high off of it and everyone's just high. All right. So that is the end of the episode. Um, you know, I'm not even going to lie. I don't even know if we even shot anything to close out the episode because we had talked so much. And by the end, um, he just had a jam out and it was getting late and I was just getting tired. Um so yeah, uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, please keep liking the Facebook page and follow me on Twitter and check the Instagram. Uh, I do have more episodes lined up. It's um, it's all about me getting the time and getting my shit together. Uh, but thank you for listening, and I will see you again.